This week, we leave the comforts of the East Blue for the adventures of the Grand Line. Because if it ain't Baroque, then why fix it? I'm Kyle. And I'm Garrett, and we watch anime. Garrett, this week we come aboard and bring along all your hopes and dreams. Together, we will find everything that we're looking for. However, we are now moving on to a more advanced, nuanced version of this behemoth of an anime, the undisputed king for more than 25 years. We are at the part of the pirate adventure in which the arcs change quick, and we begin our power ramp to the all-important Alabasta arc. That's right, we tackle Luffy's battle of Baroque Works and his fist fights with whales in part two of tackling the big three, One Piece. But before we get into Garrett, what are new fans going to be expecting from this part of the show? You're going to be reminded why you... Me, 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 me. Love this show so much. I was going to talk about... I actually give that a little side note because, like, One Piece does these things where... We're going to talk about this later, but, like, where they make the most annoying, irritating characters with, like, singular quips... But by the end of it, you're like, I love that one. Uh, they're very, like, Eiichiro Oda is very good at making the most annoying character finally lovable. He's yeah. like, it's going to take a while, but it'll get there. So yeah. I can't wait to talk about his name, too, by the way. It, it's, yeah, uh... yeah. So once again, this is part two of this general series that we do called Tackling the Big Three. Uh, we find that these are the most important influential anime to ever reach the United States. So we want to give it more space and more time to dive into, specifically because it kind of talks into the ethos of why America loves this stuff so much, specifically. While the first question that we asked was, why? Why were these shows so popular? Why is it, why was it big here? This, these series of sh- episodes are going to be tailored towards, uh, you know, what are you some themes you're picking up and are you starting to like it like usually by arc two of most of these shows you start to get what the flavor is and then you want to keep watching it this is the hook they put the bait out in the first part and now you're at the like hook where they got you right so we're um, the question i guess is like we're going to dive into why that is as well as what happens in the show Mm -hmm. um but i wrote out the arcs for you today and, and and you know for you this probably means nothing to you save for certain things but what are the different arcs that we're going to be talking about today, Garrett? Today, uh, we're talking about the uh, sort of the prelude to the Alabasta arc. Mm-hmm. Or, or would it be the first act of the Alabasta arc? Yeah, I would say that like this is the beginning of the Grand Line part, right? This is where they got onto like the famous ocean that that is where the adventure kind of begins. Before right. this is like kind of starting the crew, and now it's at the phase of all right, guys, we're st- we've started, we got enough people, let's let's get this ball rolling. So it's an has important anyone part. ever? I know that in the show they come up with these, they show you these maps. Yeah, but has anyone seen what type of planet this occurs on? <laughs> that is a great question. Um, I don't know. Uh, and it's really funny because, like, time is also relative in this show. Like, I'm yeah. now on chapter 940 mm-hmm. of, the, of the manga. And, like, according to Ichiro Oda, before a big time skip, that, like, three only three months happen. So, like, right. distance over time, who knows with this show? Right. Like, it's hard to really gauge, like, how far they're actually sailing because there's so few things happening while they're actually floating away. So, right. 
Yeah, so the arcs that we're going to be talking about this week are specifically three that are short but still hold importance, and we're going to kind of dive into each one. Uh, the first one is the Reverse Mountain Arc, which is a very short one uh, yeah. that is about our, our lovable whale, Laboon. Laboon. Uh, Laboon. Uh, the second one is the Whiskey Peak Arc, in which we start to, we get introduced to the idea of Baroque works, who they are and what they're all about. And then we go into Little Garden, which is like the longer one that kind of makes the main baddie of Alabasta take notice of the Straw Hats. It's kind of where the Straw Hats kind of become more famous and become an actual pirate. Because I don't think they were called the Straw Hats really okay. until this arc, right? They don't really have a structured identity. Well, they're, they're barely a crew. Right, exactly. Like, Nami didn't want to be in a pirate crew. Right. Zoro was always a loner. Right. Sanji's Hors- just because he wants to do Nami. <laughs> like- Horshack, sorry, Usopp, runs <laughs> He's just got nothing better to do. You know, it's like, you're right. It's like this like loose misfit pirate crew. In fact, I was reading like the wiki on it where they're like, it's even hard to understand calling these guys pirates because they right. don't steal anything. They're kind of more privateers than anything else. Like yes. taking out pirates. Like literally Zorro is the only one that comes close to like, well, I guess Nami. Nami's yeah. a pirate. She's a reformed pirate. She's a reformed, didn't want to be a pirate. She kind of got into it without actually wanting to. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're going to talk about, before we get into the main focus of this arc, because I think we sped through the first one really quickly, is to really pinpoint two or three main things that happened in between, uh, you know, when Luffy was gathering his crew to now, and because we didn't give him a lot of space last time, because we were just like, there's just so many episodes. We're talking about 44 episodes, and I'm proud of you for getting through that. Mm -hmm but I wanted to give them a little bit more space now. So the first one is Arlong Park and specifically Nami becoming the Nakama. Which is just, that was, again, I think that like, that's the moment with the show where you're like, Like, in the heart, like there's certain, like Atro Oda, as silly as this show is, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of moments where you're still like, yeah, like you still get like a lot of like, oh yeah, yeah moments still. Like it gets you back. I want to talk to all the all the bros out there yeah. for a that think uh, manga or anime is not cool enough for you. If you want to understand the gravity of the moment we're talking about, think back to a little movie from the mid '90s called Braveheart. Yeah, you've all seen Braveheart. You've all pretended you're Scottish on some level, and William Wallace is your hero. In the final moments of that show, when William Wallace is given the opportunity to beg for his life. Instead, in defiance, he screams freedom. Mm-hmm. That is what Nami is Nik- my Nakama. Yes, exactly. And to kind of accentuate that point, my fate, another one of the best parts out of there was like, this has nothing to do. Nami was like, this, this whole thing has nothing to do with you. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. And he puts his hat on her head and he says, you know, this is, even though that's like his most important thing that he doesn't mm-hmm. want to give away to everybody. So that shows you the validity. And she was like, like, keep it away from him. And then the four of them walking towards the wall, breaking the wall and going, which one of you is Arlong? And it goes, to be continued. You're like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so badass. And even though Usopp's in that crew too, and you're like, dude, you're just like, <laughs> oh, he's such a weenie. <laughs> And then the second thing that I wanted to make sure, because I feel like, folks, Garrett's character hopefully is is showing 
throughout the course of this show. His personality, who he's all about, he's very suave. He always has the right thing to say. He's cultured. He likes to fire things in life. I would say Garrett's anime spirit animal is Sanji for mm. several reasons. Um, less beyond that, his lecherousness was very reminiscent of Garrett in his early teens and 20s. Yeah. So, and so I hope that... So another big thing that I think was really cool was seeing Sanji, what he's all about. I love the whole he's a cook who doesn't use his hands when he fights. Um, he just uses suave. his feet. When he... There's actually a professional wrestler right now, and I, I hesitate to call him that because, well, I don't watch the product today, but there is another uh, federation, AEW, and they have a guy who wrestles with his hands in his pockets because mm-hmm. he's so disinterested in being there that he's just like, I don't even need my hands. And he just kicks people and just drop kicks with like his hands in his pockets. So that like reminds me of Sanji. Obviously he does it for a much different reason. He doesn't want to hurt his hands because cooking is everything to him. Right. Uh, but that sort of like... Imagine that AEW wrestler plus uh, Eddie from Tekken where he just like constantly does like breakdancing moves and stuff like that. That is what Sanji is. And he's also a huge lecher. And like the more you get to know his, he's like Barney from How I Met Your Mother. Yes. Like, you, you're, he's, you're uncomfortable in the beginning with what, how he's like, but then you're just like, oh, Sanji, you're just like, you're just a red skin. He's, yeah. he's a, he honestly is like the anime version of the Me Too movement. That guy is such a lecher. <laughs> So, but yeah, so those are kind of the two big things. Usopp's arc was kind of boring, but you're happy he's there. You know, he kind of gives you like, like him and Nami give like, there's the really strong crew and then you always need kind of a weak one to counterbalance that. They can't all just be like studs. They can't all be, because then you get like an NWO and then it becomes less interesting at that point. Right, and, and I get that the reason why Usopp is interesting is he is this, he wants to be the bravest pirate or the bravest mm-hmm. captain that's ever like lived on the sea mm-hmm. this is not in the cards for him no. he is very weak and i get that the interest here is that even though he acts like a scaredy cat and when the moment presents itself they build up to him stepping up right filling the shoes when he needs to but the issue that i always have with Usopp is that it takes three and a half episodes of him going <laughs> Yes. like tears coming down for him to actually make the right move it's as if jerry lee lewis was a black belt and you're like yeah you wouldn't mind him in a street fight but then you'd have to have a lot of like lady in the between and like <laughs> so like it might be worth it but at the same time is it like i don't know so that and i think that's the point that like second arcs give you right First arc started to kind of like give you their motivations, who they are and why they're there. Mm-hmm. The second arc gives them flavor and things that make you want to see them more. So like Zoro was this kind of like cool guy before, but then he ends up being like the guy who sleeps all the time and is also like gets lost a lot. Like that's his becomes his thing as well. Yeah. Like Nami is like very money hungry. So she'll like, She'll be like nice and too, and she'll also be kind of like catty at times. But then, like when money comes up, she like loses her mind and she gets really greedy. So, mm-hmm. I think that's like where and Sanji, of course, is a perv. So, like this is the part of the One Piece where the intricacies of the people and the character development kind of starts ramping up, and you really start to see it as part mm-hmm. of the show. So, let I, us. Get- I, I always yeah. sort of saw saw Zoro sleeping as like he, he's kind of a superpower in his swordsmanship. Yeah, and that's kind of like his power up. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I think there was an episode I forget what arc where he gets like sliced and diced to crap. 
to the point where like he's clearly gonna die and it's like no just sleep it off man and he just needs to sleep a little bit longer to like get his energy bar back yeah. up in the corner he's like insanely strong like for right. weird reasons but mm-hmm. um yeah so let's dive into the first of arcs in the manga it's like two episode two episodes or animates two episodes mm-hmm. in the manga it's like three or four chapters but nonetheless important now and then eventually very much in the future the laboon idea is really important right. and i remember this was like this is a reminder of an old scar that i have and i wrote this on instagram like when i was watching laboon's arc i was like this broke my heart when i watched it and knowing full later his like his importance to the story way later i'm like i want some revolution for this gd whale so talk us through it man what's going on with laboon what's his deal what's why is he there so if moby dick and the truman show had a baby <laughs> so um when they first get into the Grand Line, uh, and the reason, just to take a quick step back, why I asked yeah. about where the map of this worlds are, is we're introduced to this this concept of, like, the calm zones. Yeah, yeah. And where basically the Grand Line is this sort of, like, linear path that you have to go on. I mean, it's a wide expanse, because right. obviously there's islands over here and over there, mm-hmm. but it's within, like, the confines. Imagine as if it's between the tropics, okay? Right, exactly. Um, but outside of that are these calm zones where there's no wind, which mm-hmm. is, of course, death for sailors, mm-hmm. uh, in addition to, like, I think, monsters that live in the ocean. So that, that was, like, uh, the first thing that, like, caught my eye. But the, the reverse mountain is, in order to get onto the actual Grand Line, you have to go to the confluence where all the blues meet. Is that correct? That's correct, Garrett. You're killing it. East blue, west blue, north blue, south blue. Mm-hmm. Red and blue make purple. But it's not the all blue. <laughs> Let's be clear. It would be easy to find the, where, where all the blues meet to make all blue, but apparently that's not the all blue, right. which is what Sanji's motivation is. But yeah. And, and so at this confluence is something called the Reverse Mountain, which mm-hmm. is basically like a uh, water theme park ride. But like a New Jersey water park that like has lots and lots of like you know, dangerous uh, lawsuits about it and like kids well, getting there injured. was like there was that theme park called like Vita Adventure Park or whatever in Texas where I think like, it was like Action or Adventure Park, I think it was called. Well no, there was Action Park in New Jersey, which um uh is there's a great documentary about it that everyone should watch. But no, but there was also uh, there was a theme park uh in um Texas where a kid got decapitated like three years ago and it was on a ride where the water actually pushes you up a hill. Yeah way reverse mountain so where all the blues meet there is this reverse mountain and normally when you think of water coming down a mountain or water on a mountain it of course flows downhill cascades down rain collects it uh whether the snow at the top of the mountain or whether there's lakes and ponds and then eventually makes its way down to the mountain fertilizes the area around it that's not how it goes at reverse mountain the water rushes up the sides of it Mm -hmm. um and you have to ride up the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Laboon before or after? After he's at the end. He's basically imagine if like you went up this giant flume and mm-hmm. he went back down, and there was just this giant whale at the end of it. Right, just right. like hanging out, going. And literally, he's not doing anything. He's just standing around, like. <laughs> he's not being malicious. He's just standing there, basically, with right. The uh, and so. The, the the whale isn't, like, malicious towards them or anything like no. that, right? Uh, right. But they end up finding an, I, an island with an old dude on it. 
mm-hmm. who's just very chill, sitting out there with his like counselor Ugg. Like uh, when they show him, they do those like they do the one piece thing where it's like, and he like stares at them with like a fan head. Like that's the thing about one piece. They'll take silly, weird characters and make them super serious going like, right. (laughs) So, so essentially um, they end up, does, does Laboon eat them? He, uh, I don't think he does. No, I think they he, get inside of Laboon. He gets inside of him, right? He gets inside of him, but also there's like doors out of Laboon. And that's that's why I said it's like Moby Dick whale in Truman Show because it turns out that this old man—I forget his name. I, I don't know if we. I don't think we have it here. Right. Um, he he is the caretaker of Laboon, and yeah, it was Crocus, to, by the way. Huh. Crocus is the old man. Crocus. In order for Crocus to take care of Laboon, Laboon is such a large creature that he basically built tunnels, doors, hallways, ventilation shafts, just this whole infrastructure inside of the whale. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a strange relationship, but as more of it is revealed, mm-hmm. the first thing you notice about Laboon when you see him is that he has these scars mm-hmm. all over his head. And you learn this, like, deeply tragic story. Tragic. Like, like, a story that is far too sad <laughs> to be in a cartoon. And, like, it's prefaced with, and then this tragic story happened to this whale. And you're thinking, like, you don't really think too much about the whale until you see him as a baby whale. Going, like, ee, ee, life is great. You're going to come back to me. Life is good. Ee. Right. And then you're just like, they never came back. <laughs> you're like, oh. Right, because Laboon befriended these pirates and he traveled with them Mm -hmm. and they got to this point and they said to the the guy to crocus look after him laboon we're gonna come back from you for you and they left and it's been 50 years Mm -hmm. and they didn't come back and so laboon is still waiting for his friends Mm -hmm. and he when he gets really frustrated He's he rushes at and slams his head into the mountain because he wants to get beyond the mountain to be where his friends might be. Right. And I'm getting sad thinking. <laughs> yes. It's it's one piece knows how to cut deep. It does a really good job of showing cruelty at its worst, so mm-hmm. that when there's resolution, it feels great. And it also makes heartbreak real. And that's like one of the few things that like you see, like it's a stupid show about a pirate with stretchy arms. But then when you get into the deep tissue of it, it makes, it gives you the feels. It's a great show in that regard. And Laboon is one of those things. So, but talk how that resolves because at the very least he doesn't get full resolution, but at least enough for us to feel like not completely heartbroken by the time they move on. Oh my God. I'm blanking on it. Um, So, So he, so Luffy seeing that this is him wanting to be like the pirates. Yes. Says, all right, I, you know, I, you're, you're, you're a fool. Like, let's, let's, I don't like your pirate king. Like, let's, let's have a fight about it. So he's kind of starts a fight with this whale. Oh, and the two right, of them have right. this kind of like pseudo fist fight. And then he goes up, oh, I guess we got to a draw and we're not done with our fight yet. And so he draws their poorly, the logo of the straw hat on his head mm-hmm. to say, by the way, we got to finish our fight. All right. And if you want, me to you know and that's when you're like luffy like you he goes from luffy being this dumb guy to like being this really endearing character that you love a lot right but he's like he's like i'm coming back and if you keep bashing your head you're gonna get rid of that mark and that's the sign of our rivalry 
So yeah. I want you to hold on to that. Don't give the whale something to live for. Like gives the whale something to live for. Gives him a new thing that he's thinking about that someone it matters to him, you know? And so it was a very it's like very short, very sweet, very one piece, and it was just a really nice arc. So so and it's good that you said like I hope that like when I when I give it uh, this anime to someone, it is very hard to not just like be like, did it make you feel what I felt when I mm-hmm. watched it, right? Like my heart was broken when I watched the Laboon arc. And I was like, I hope that when I give it to you or other people that they feel something about it too. Or if it's like, oh, this is cartoons, who cares? Like, so right. I'm glad to see at the very least you have been receptive enough mm-hmm. to allow it to affect you in some way, shape or form. So For that's sure. good. Um, and that's a very short one too. It doesn't really go that far. But then we get into Whiskey Peak where we just meet this fun island that everybody is excited to have pirates come right. over. We're willing to wine you. We're willing to dine you. We're going to yeah. have fun. And the name of that island is Whiskey Peak. Garrett, walk me through it. Right. So the first island that they reach, I believe it's the first island. Or yes. Certainly the first town. Yes. The grand like civilization. Yeah. It's like yeah. the first. Is, is Whiskey Peak. And when they land, they are welcomed like it's the New York Yankees in a ticker tape parade. And they are just shown the town and they are partied beyond belief. And I think Luffy eats 15 times his own body weight at the... And this is another thing, like, Luffy likes meat, but usually his meat is this, and it's always the same meat, is like, imagine a ham hock with a bone at the end is his meat. Like, I don't know what animal it comes from, I don't know, but like, apparently all meat has that same, like, ham hock look to it. And that's the stuff that he eats. I don't know. It's his jam. Right. He's got a he's a, he's on the keto diet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why he stays so lean. That's why he's so and, lean. Um, but you know that's not true because you know that Sanji cooks fried rice all the time. All the time. Um, yeah, that's true. But mainly so, for his his uh, you know Nami San. <laughs> so it seems at first glance that uh, they've reached this really kind of wonderful starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the, the the sun goes down, and, and the, the mayor of the town is this very sort of think like a, a banister from like England with like the the, the white powder. Yeah, like a judge, like a judge hair piece, yeah. like the curly cues all going and down. He, yeah. he's, he's the mayor of the town. Um, and it quickly turns out that this is not a kind place mm-hmm. at all. Nope. And in fact, I believe that every resident is a bounty hunter uh, and they are there to first woo and get drunk pirates and then turn them in for the money. Right. Exactly. And it was, it was jealous. but in pure badass one piece fashion, this then highlights our boy Zorro mm-hmm. because you can't get that man drunk. That man, that man can has, can have the blood alcohol level of a pickled, you know, yeah. <laughs> of a pickled olive. Yeah. And he would still, by all accounts, be just fine. Mm-hmm. And him being like, I knew something was funny. And he gets up and he stands over there. And then he goes, oh, what's you going on here? And they're all like, we're a bunch of bounty hunters. We're after your head. And he's like, bring it. And that's just the sight of him standing over this like 100 people. You're like, Soros a badass. So yeah, right. talk us through that fight, man. Right. Well, well I, I just remember that he proceeds to open a can on the entire town if this is royal rumble 2003 stone cold steve austin runs in the ring and just starts stunning everybody he's like you know he's like right. kick boom kick 
boom, he just hits everybody, right. and everybody and I, rock flops. I, it's either right before this fight or right after this fight, one of the creepiest reveals happens. And mm-hmm. I remember watching it the first time with you years ago when we lived yeah. in New York, and it's when they point to the island and the island looks very cactus shaped mm-hmm. because there's all these like round mounds and they have these like spikes coming out of it. Yeah. But when you look closer, the spikes are actually tombstones. Mm-hmm. And that was creepy as all get out. But at mm-hmm. the end of it all, when, when after freaking Zoro has annihilated everyone, Luffy wakes up oblivious to everything that has happened and he's like how could you beat these people up they fed us specifically his he's so he's like a cat he's so food motivated he's willing to swat whoever gets in the way of that or like of that gesture yeah so and they have this like fist fight and i think this is like the kind of the beginning of the like who is actually stronger luffy or zoro and it kind of keeps going for it but yeah go keep going man um so what ultimately uh they they do they do conquer but but what comes out of this is we're introduced to this diabolical, underhanded uh, group called the Baroque Works. Mm-hmm. And the Baroque Works is a very uh, secret organization, a la mm-hmm. Hail Hydra. <laughs> and, um, and there is a ranking system uh-huh. within this. And yeah. depending upon your rank, in the system, yeah, um, you're Mr. Zero, Mr. One, Mr. Three, Mr. Five, and the yeah. women, to my knowledge, do not holidays. get numbers. They get holidays. They get holidays. Or days of the week. That's another thing. It's Wednesday. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they usually work in tandem. Yes. So there's always them. a male. So yeah. So that can kind of get. So Baroque Works operates. Yeah. So there's. There's ranks. So there's the billions, which are the low-ranking officers, the people you met at Whiskey Peak. Mm-hmm. Then there's the millions, who are kind of more well-known of the group. Yep. And then you get to the officers, who are from like zero to. Uh, although we don't know if we know that zero exists yet, but there's Mister Thirteen, and all the men are the numbered ones. So Mister Zero to Mister Thirteen, and then the women right. are all given names. And specifically this time we meet Mister Five. So this kind of like it's good too because it like gauges who's the stronger one because like. You find out that Mr. Curly Q is like Mr. Eight, I think. Uh, Egram is yes. his name. And then there's like Mr. Seven, Eight, Nine is there with, with another guy, yeah. Miss Wednesday and all that stuff. And yeah. And that's, that's the most in, interesting part of this is that you actually find out that the Curly Q, the mayor of the town, uh, is actually Mr. Eight. But he is in hiding. Mm-hmm. His name is uh, Igarap. Igarap, and as you said, he has a very annoying tick. Right. So first of all, Igarap sounds like something Michael Jackson would have said, like Igarap, dap, 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 Igarap, dap, dap. just like he has this. Igarap, mama, ma. And he has this annoying tick where halfway through sentences he goes, and that is why when you came to whiskey. Me, 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 yep. peak. And you're like, why did he do that? Atro Oda, this is I what guess. makes me think, this makes me think that Atro Oda, the, the author of the show, is a madman, right? The like, the fine detail that he's like, this person is silly, I gave him a little weird hair, but you know what this guy's gonna do? 
you know what this guy's going to do? I'm going to make him clear his throat and sing a me, 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 me in the middle of it for no reason. And he has weapons, too. Those curly hair things are not just they for show, my friend. Them. They have Gatling guns that come out of them. That's what I'm thinking. Like, Atra Oda is that kid in school who is like, we draw a dragon, right? And the kid's like, ooh, cool dragon, my man. He goes, no, but this one has wheels that come out of its legs. And it also <laughs> doesn't breathe fire. It breathes Subway sandwiches. Like, he's that kid in class. Like, he, he, right. there's a level of awesome he'll never actually obtain with the things that he creates. So. <laughs> That's um, but we find out he and his partner, which was Miss Wednesday? Yes, Miss Wednesday, yes. Um, Miss Wednesday is actually uh, Vivi Chan, mm-hmm. or Vivian, Vivi. And she is a princess of the kingdom of Alabasta, uh, mm-hmm. but she is in hiding. And along with Igarap, uh, which what was was Igarap his real name or his? Yeah, uh, it's um, Igarap. I think is his actual name. Oh, no. So it's like he Igarap was actually sort of her protector, her butler, her someone who came from the kingdom with her. And in order to stay protected and not be found out in the outside world. They actually had to join the uh, the entity known as Baroque Works. Which is who they're hiding from, mind you. Right. They, and what better way to hide from someone than to join them. Right, which is so cool. Right. It's, a, it's a very layered. I loved it. It was so great. <laughs> so um, what's so that's great. Um, but we meet the other members of Baroque Works, Mr. Five and Miss... Uh, I'm trying to remember her name. Miss Valentine. Miss Valentine is so annoying. So, <laughs> Mr. Because these guys, so what we're going to do first is you're going to talk who these people are, but then we're going to talk about their devil fruit. Now, this is something that you and I are going to talk about a lot when we go over One Piece because devil fruit's kind of like one, it's like, like Zanpakuto for bleach. It's yep. such a thing that you must discuss. It's yep. like when you talk about Don Madden, you also talk about his on-base percentage. It's, it's that important to the conversation about the show. But go ahead, Mr. Five, Miss Wednesday, Miss Valentine, what are their deals? So uh, Mr. Five is, um, well, first of all, he's like One Piece's first attempt at ethnic diversity. <laughs> Sop, I think, might be a little... Who? I don't know. Usopp looks like, you know, Iberian in some sort. Usopp is Jewish. Usopp is from Israel. Garrett, are we going to have to cut that? <laughs> but Usopp, okay, so no, no. I'm saying Iberian. You say there, he's, there, he's, no, there is, there is he's Sephardic, we'll say. Yes, you're, you're right. He, he, he uh, of Middle Eastern descent yeah. would be your guess as to yeah. where he comes from. Right. Um, uh and and so mr five is uh of um african-american or i guess i don't even know what world there is there is not yeah so there's it's he's got he's got darker complexion than most in the darker complexion and he flicks his boogers at you is and except when they land instead of going ew you go ow because they explode so that's the first devil fruit we will tackle and that is the bomu bomu no me as we all know, yep. uh, just a reminder for those who haven't probably heard our explainer before, devil fruit are fruits that when you eat them, consume them, swallow them, whatever, con- consume them, you gain a specific power. Mm-hmm. Now, devil fruit are put into three categories. So that's, this is where we're going to start talking about this stuff. There's paramecia fruit, which are ones that give you a certain abilities, and that's what the bomb bomb fruit would be, the bomu bomu no me. There's also what are known as... Um, God, uh, God, zoan fruit, mm-hmm. and they are fruits that may turn you to animals. So, you know, 
lions and tigers and bears, oh my, they'll turn you into animals. Can you go back and forth? Yes. And so the okay. thing is, the key with these is that they're good close combat people. They're also like martial so arts. So all, to all you Harry Potter fans, you become an animagi. That's, that's correct. It's that. And then there's finally um, what is known as uh, Logia, which is what you saw with Smoker mm-hmm. and Ace, who have the fire. It gives you an element. So it makes you turn into an element, allows you to control an element. So, so Luffy is the first one. So he's a paramecia. And mm-hmm. so is uh, Mr. Five, who has a bomb bomb fruit. Right. And his is, is that he can make himself or parts of his body and or excrement, uh, it, ejaculate, secretive items explode as well on top of his first It also gives him the power of coming up with the stupidest names for the things that he does. Well, I'll be through again. What are some names that you... Well, oh, I, I can't remember off the top All right, of my I'm, head. I'm going to look them up, but, but talk me through what, the, uh, what he does. Because that's the thing about this. The bomb bomb fruit is actually kind of a cool idea where you yeah. can explode and no harm comes to you in any way, shape, or form. But Mr. Five is such a dunce that he doesn't use it right. He, like, takes the worst... What is the worst way we can use this ability... That's what he does with it. Um, like, well, the power is wasted on him just because exactly. he came across some fruit. Yeah, it's like he gave some really dumb, mm-hmm. you know, like he, as you said, he used boogers. He also puts his, his breath his, within a gun and shoots it. Yes. And then... <laughs> he, he speaks at you from it. Well, well, he speaks at you from a distance and somehow you explode. Right, exactly. So here's some of the... the, the so there's the nose fancy cannon is the first one which is where you take a booger and you flick in and explodes. You talked about that before. Then there is the uh, kick bomb, which is where he kicks the pro person they impact. Um, there's the breathe breath bomb, which is where he blows into a chamber of a revolver and then it explodes. So yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a dummy with a good power and he just doesn't know how to use it, you know? Right. It's kind of dumb. And then there's Miss, uh, Miss Valentine. And what's her deal? Right, Miss Valentine, which I said to my wife, has the ability that no woman would ever want, which is to make herself as heavy as possible. She stays spelt, you know? She stays spelt, but it is kind of cool in that if she walked around at whatever her normal body weight, I imagine what she's doing is she somehow has the ability to control the density of her cells. Mm -hmm. So if a 110-pound woman leaps up in the air... yeah. No, obviously gravity brings down 110 pounds and maybe a little bit more force. Right. right. However, when she leaps up into the air, she can concentrate her cells so that when she's coming down on you, it's not like a 110 pound right. person's coming down on you. It's like a 10,000 pound person. Like a multi-ton thing is falling on you. Yeah. So she fluctuates her weight so that, because she has an umbrella in which she'll float in the air, you know, and then hang there as much as she can and kind of hangs over you and then mm-hmm. she'll just drop and, and she then like shrills at you while she's hanging. it's like uh you know a stripper doing a suicide drop she's just like oh and then <laughs> then she twerks and you usopp's face no just kidding she doesn't do that at all but um but that's her power so what i'm gonna say for this is <laughs> so what we're gonna do is i'm gonna say on a scale of one to ten and we're gonna say one point point fruit to two to ten point point fruits what do you rank the bomb bomb fruit and the kilo kilo fruit, which is the kilo kilogram fruit. What do you rate those? How do you what do you think in terms of like efficiency? Well, would you want strong. to eat that fruit? So, how many points would you give it? I would rank. So this is this kind of like brings me back to like uh, when you and I would play Magic: The Gathering. Mm-hmm. Like, what type of deck and what type of offense do you mm-hmm. want? Mm-hmm. So, like, the bomb bomb fruit is a very red deck. <laughs> 
It's a yes, very it is. It's very mountain. It's very, uh, very fireball, uh, offensive and violent, and lots attack, of goblins attack based. Um, so, and and then the other one, I I would say bomb bomb if used correctly is a strong seven and a half to an yeah. eight, and then the kilograms probably yeah it's like a six. Because this is a by fighting ability, but also you'd have to sacrifice not being able to swim. So, right, I think that's I think that's a fair scale, fruit, right? Yeah, it's a good it's a good devil fruit. So I think for me, serviceable, but not would not, would not be my choice if I went to the you know the devil fruit mart. Uh, that's not the first one. I oh, would I would I would definitely eat the bomb bomb one. But I, I think would... that would be good because there's a lot of like versatility too. I think for me, versatility is important in this show. Yeah. The people who'd use the most are the ones that I think. Well, of. I think the cool thing about the bomb bomb is that in addition to dishing out explosive and power, you can also receive it and it doesn't damage you. It doesn't damage you. Yeah. Makes you offense produce. and defense, which mm-hmm. I like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and so, th- so they go ham on, on a, cause they're kind of high ranking members of Baroque works and they try to defeat Luffy and Zoro, but in their battle lust, they kick out, uh, to kick the snot out of Mr. Five and, and Miss Valentine without any issues. Right. Um, but also the big thing is that Vivi decides that she wants to uh, escape and, and she right. joins the, the, the crew at least to hang out with them to protect them from Baroque Works now mm-hmm. that her, you know, now that her thing is. And then you also meet another character from Baroque Works who blows up Egram's ship as he was, you know, it's called, uh, she, her name's Miss All Sunday. Mm-hmm. So she's... Um, someone else that that is important and she does things with her hands and then things blew up so uh we'll find out more about that person who might dance at coyote ugly i don't know that she does and also they miss all sunday somehow sexual but i don't know how (laughs) (laughs) how do you do miss all sunday it's in the name you know that's how i do it all sunday this all sunday this all sunday like i don't know i think you have to say it like that in order to make it as dirty as it is free buffet at the jiggle hut No one out jiggles the hut. <laughs> <laughs> oh just- my god! <laughs> All right. So once again, the thing is is okay. So then they escape with Vivi and her duck. Uh, to, that's the thing. Like it's hard to say these things out loud if you don't watch the show. It's like her and her giant duck get on the boat, and then they go to their next island. Mm-hmm. Um, the Straw Hats do. And then, then that's when we get faced with what is now known as the Little Garden Arc. And this is actually a much l- l- longer one. This is one I made you watch. The other ones I had you read, these ones I watched, because mm-hmm. they're much longer, and I think it makes more sense to watch. So talk us through what's the deal with Little Garden, like what's happening on that island. Right, so they first arrive to Little Garden, and they have to sail up this inlet. Um, there's no town out on the front, and they sail up this uh, inlet, and they sort of start going over the history of um, how some of the islands came to be in the Grand Line. And because it's so difficult to get between the islands. Now, Mm. one thing we haven't discussed yet, and uh, I'm just going to put out here now, is something called a log pose. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. imagine uh, a compass, and a compass has a set destination, okay? Mm -hmm. But the compass can't, can't guide you where it wants to be until it resets to the island or the location that you're at. Right. Now, a lot of places for your log pose to do this, this compass needs a day or two. 
okay? So when they get to the little garden, they know that they have to hang out for a little while. Um, and they learned that because it was so difficult to travel between these islands, trades didn't, trading didn't really occur. Mm -hmm. They were self-sufficient. So the cultures and the technological advancements vary wildly. And Mm -hmm. what we learn about little garden is that it is prehistoric. Mm -hmm. It is dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. You know, it is wild. It is volcanic and active still. Um, So that's what we first learn. And, uh, they get there and they realize that they need some food. And so they divide up and they send uh, a bunch of people out, uh, Zorro and- Toriko style, right? Like we're going to capture ingredients by punching them in the face. Like, right, so Zoro and Sanji get into a fight and they're like, we're going to have a competition for who can big back, bring back the biggest feast. Right, right, right. right. Um, Luffy goes off with, I forget who, but- right. Nami and Usopp stay on the boat. And while they're on the boat, this big, giant, colossal creature starts coming at them. And it's revealed that it is a giant named Groggy. Mm-hmm. And Groggy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Groggy. Yeah. Groggy has been on the island for near 100 years. Mm-hmm. And he's been there with his friend. Uh, who we are introduced to later because his friend is another giant named Dory mm-hmm. who is introduced to to Luffy and uh, uh, I guess it was Vivi-chan. Luffy was with Vivi-chan right. or Miss Wednesday. Yes. And her lovable uh, duck racer, Karu. Karu, yeah. And that's another thing. It's like uh, the reason why this was separated like this, I feel is like the fox and the sheep um, – you know, experiment where it's like the boy, the fox, and the sheep go out to try to cross the river. If you leave the fox with the sheep at any point, he's going to eat the fox and eat the sheep. It's yep. like Sanji and hot women are together. If you leave Sanji with the women together, bad things are going to happen. That's how they had to separate it so that no woman was left alone with Sanji at this time. I don't know. He's not a predator. He's not a predator, but he 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 is the he is uh what's it called? He is um gentlemanly to the point of chauvinistic (laughs) (laughs) that is an excellent way to state it right is he wants to pamper the women but also has these like very strong feelings on how women should be treated he won't hit a woman either like he he refuses to fight women Mm -hmm. which is kind of also a running theme in here but yeah so they they go on they fight and when they find the giants and then they separate we find out that the giants aren't just there just to be there they've been at this I would say several decade long feud with each other mm-hmm. that they have yet. And they've no, always 100 stand, years, hundred year standstill with each other. Yeah. And they're also wanted. So that's another thing. They're, they're wanted because they used to be part of a pirate crew. But, right. but what happens is when the volcano goes off, it's like the bing, 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 like the, 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 the match starts yep. and they, they battled like 76,000 times. To yes. a draw. And they've always been to a draw. No one's won. And then when they go, so why are you guys fighting in the first place? They're like, we don't even remember at this point. It's just like pride that keeps them on this island to see who's going to actually get the answer. I don't think either of them want, worry about who is actually going to win. They just they just don't want to not settle it. Mm-hmm. So it's a really wild uh, thing with them. But because they're wanted, and Baroque works is going after Vivi, mm-hmm. Baroque goes out there, and including another set of people, to take out the giants and, and take their bounty. So who right. are those folks on top of Mr. Five and Ms. Valentine? Who else are we joined by? Mr. Three. 
Mr. Three. And Miss Golden Week. So, so we'll talk about Miss Golden Week in a second on why she's called that, because that's a little weird holiday for stuff. But talk me through Mr. Three. What does he look like? What's his deal? What's his, you know, what's his jam? Because he's a lot. He's, if, if Mr. Th- Mr. Three is the most extra character at this point of the show, <laughs> and there are more extra people, like Mr. Two, I would say, is going to be more extra, but you don't know that one yet. So talk me through, Mr. Three, what's his deal? Mr. Three is as if Ali G had Peter North type qualities. So, <laughs> like, Ali G, because he wears these goggle glasses yes. and has this terrible haircut and clothing that he thinks is like very cool. I don't so get I would it. say Respect. it's like striped pajamas with coiffed ascot in the front. I don't know how, I, like, there's, it's hard to explain it. Right. I'm also not a fashionista, so I don't know, my, someone else will probably explain and, it. And, and then Peter North, because he has uh, the wax candle power so he's able to create like wax candles, but the way it's animated is it looks like he straight up creates moldable um, <laughs> ejaculate. I think is what ejaculate. you're going for. Yeah. For those who don't know, Peter North is a famous nor- a porn star. <laughs> yes, very famous porn star who is well known for his uh, his prodigious. Um, yes, his his discharges. <laughs> yes, but Mister Three also has now. If you're wondering which one is this one. You can tell he's Mr. Three for a very specific reason. What is that, Garrett? Well, at one point he says, don't say my name in front of people. They're going to figure out who I am. His hair is is like, uh, they use like hair ties to make his like ponytail into a three on the top of his head. And when he's creating wax in order to generate the wax within himself, because, you know, wax has to be liquid in order to be shot. Yes. He lights the tip of his hair on fire. <laughs> so it's like a freaking candle. Because nobody can work with cold, cold, cold ejaculate, Garrett. You'd have to, no. you'd have to, it has to be warm, right? Right. So, <laughs> yes, it's like a giant three of hair on top of his head that lights at the tip like a candle. Because I think on top of being a wax abilities he's also considers himself a candle man so he's more of like a candle guy but right. with wax being the main power yeah and then uh i so- hate to go to his house it would smell like a yankee candle store just like <laughs> that's I his ability the whole time his ability is just like names of yeah yankee candles like he's like sugar cookie <laughs> <laughs> vanilla honey <laughs> and then his female partner is Miss Golden Week. God, and, was she boring. Yeah, she's not a great... After this arc, you'll never really have to think about it all that much. But just to give you an idea, Garrett, if you thought our holidays were really, like, not a lot in this country, like, we get, what, 12 over the course mm-hmm. of the year, basically, and they're all, a lot of them are all BS anyway, right. single days. Japan doesn't have a lot of holidays either, but they do have two week, days of the weeks of the year in which they get to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of them is called Golden Week. And they have a Thursday that's a holiday, and they have a Sunday that's a holiday. And they have this rule that if you have a holiday, any day after that has to also be a holiday. So that's the law. Like if you have a, if you have like, like say you had a holiday and a Tuesday, every holiday, every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday after that has to be a holiday. You can't have like in the middle of the week holidays. Mm-hmm. So, but they don't have a lot of them. That's the thing. And Golden Week is, I think, is in April, and mm-hmm. it goes from Thursday to Sunday, and it's a very popular vacationing time for Japan, but it's very gotcha. specific with Japanese in that regard. Okay. So my wife worked for a Japanese company, and so in America, most companies, most big corporations, your 
your straight starting days off, not your vacation days, but your bank holidays, your, your, some places have Columbus day off, mm-hmm. uh, indigenous people's day. Some places have mm-hmm. good Friday off depending on the company. Plus of course the usuals like 4th of July, Christmas, Thanksgiving mm-hmm. are usually between 10 and 12 days mm-hmm. in America. And she worked for a Japanese company, even though they had thousands of employees in the U S uh, they went off of Japanese standards and they had seven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm familiar a, with the less holidays. Yes, exactly. There's not a lot. Um, but what's your power, man? What's your deal before we rank the, the wax wax fruit? Uh, she had, well, for, uh, apparently she pounds rice cookies like nobody's business. She just She's like constantly, like, that's the thing. Like, just like there's a guy who goes ma, 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 in the middle of his sentences. This is a girl who likes to just picnics during battles. And she eats rice cakes. It's like, that's the thing about this show. Yep. It just, the details are galore in One Piece. She, she's she's essentially an enchantress. She has this artist palette mm-hmm. with these paints. And depending on the symbol and the paint color that she draws on something, she can enchant it. So we're first introduced to it when um, they're in this big battle scene and Luffy first makes an entrance. Yeah. And all of a sudden he doesn't want to fight anymore. And you realize that if you look down, he's stepped into an enchanted uh, mark on the ground that's affecting his mood. And when he's broken from that, she manages to draw another one on his back. And that also affects his mood. Mm -hmm. So anytime you come in contact with this sort of art that she creates... Uh, she can control you. It's not a devil fruit per se, but it, it's not, but it, no, it just not isn't, but she just uses color psychology to make her battles work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the genius of this, this battle as well is it starts introducing the idea that like one piece doesn't find any of their crew members useless, right? Mm-hmm. Because they all feel a certain strength for each other. Yep. So Luffy being the strongest, so to speak, at this point in the show, the strongest one always takes on the strongest. He's going to take on Mr. Three is also a dummy. And he's very open to being fooled. He's very easily fooled. So you right. need other characters who are smarter. And Sanji won't hit a girl, too. So you got to imagine, like, Sanji's out. Luffy's out. Who can take him? That's why you can use Nami and, and Usopp to take care of it. Got it. And, um, but the other thing that's interesting about this is that Mr. Three is actually a really good fighter, even though he looks like a complete fool. Like, honestly, just looks like a complete fool. Yeah. And he does this thing where he ca- creates a candle cake out of wax. He makes, like, art because he's also, like, an art. He's, he's paired with Ms. Goldwyn because they both consider themselves artists. Mm-hmm. And his cake is made out of pure wax, but on the top of it is this, like, pumpkin that spins and then lights a small candle, and that leaves, like, wax ash on everybody else. And so uh, Vivi... Nami and and Zoro are stuck in this cake and mm-hmm. they're 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 going to be solidified with their like horror going in like their horror face held for eternity. Right. Um and I feel not, like not Zoro though because he struck a pose knowing that he would be frozen. He goes if, this is why I was like Garrett's going to like Zoro after this because Zoro's like hey if I'm going to die I might as well look badass doing it. He's like and put his sword out. It's just really he funny. He also tried to chop his own legs off. Yes, he's like well if that didn't work. Well, I'm going to die now. See ya. But, and I think that's the genius of this show. If there's anything that anybody should take from One Piece is that everything is so silly that you're never going to be stressed out. That was Eiichiro Oda's point. That's why the main character is a stretchy rubber human. Mm -hmm. But he's still able to make 
the most ridiculous people in the entire world that you should never be scared of if you walk by past them in the street, the most intimidating, threatening person to actually add tension. So you right. don't get stressed, but he does add a good amount of tension. Mm-hmm. And Minister 3 is the perfect encapsulation of that idea. I don't know. if Did you feel that as well, Garrett? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like you're like, Mr. Three is a ridiculous human being. There's no reason why I should fear this man. And then by the end of it, you're like, wow, right, why I do I fear you're... the Captain Sploosh? Like, you know. Yes. How am I going to feel fear a man who, who throws wax all over the place? But at the same time, it's so well, the story is so paced and the battle is so well mm-hmm. uh, written. And there's a lot of twists and turns that you're, like, you're still going, how is Luffy going to beat this guy? Because the guy's smart and wax, the wax of power that he has is actually really effective at holding someone down, like that, that holds people in place. And the whole time, useless Usopp is running around the forest with Kuru. Yep. And, but he ends up, but this is another thing, he ends up saving the day because they find out that, oh, it took him like bajillion episodes to get there, but like, oh, wow, fire melts wax. <laughs> and so that's what saves them all because everybody else is pretty much gone. Vivi, Sanji, Zoro, all that stuff. They're not there. And it only leads down to Usopp and Karu. Mm-hmm. and the two of them save everybody even right. though so it takes that idea of like the most useless character is still useless yes. in the show. now now we we kind of glossed over but uh i want to take a step back so we keep talking mm-hmm. about how mr three created this candle and everything so when he comes to the island we did mention this he's there after straw hat but he's really after the giants dory and groggy mm-hmm. because they have a 200 million or billion they're a lot it's a lot There's, it's a hundred billion berry uh ransom okay yeah. and so what he does is we talked about how dory and groggy when the volcano goes off he fights so both dory and groggy receive alcohol as gifts from the you know the straw hats mm-hmm. and they're drinking it and enjoying it well mr three poisons dory's and puts an explosive in it so it explodes in his stomach mm-hmm. and d- despite being wounded when the volcano goes off dory goes to his fight because he's they're like viking giants yes like, they're basically yeah like giant valhalla giants i i Honor means everything, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter how hurt he is, he's going to go fight. And when they have the fight, Bragi defeats him and takes him down. And he, he thought that Dory was a little sluggish or whatever. But when he finds out that, that Mr. Three is interfered, he's crushed. Because despite dueling with this man for 100 years, they've become friends. Yeah. But who it really messes with is Luffy because Luffy loves the honor. Yes. What they're doing. As you said, despite being this dunderhead at times, mm-hmm. really responds to the best in people, the best right. characteristics in people. Yes. And this sort of respect and honor just like speaks to him. And the fact that someone like Mr. Three would interfere from the outside in mm-hmm. this is just like blasphemous. Right. And as you said before, it's this like, Simple mindedness, but yet honor bound take that, like you said in the first episode, the first time we did this, he's like, he's a snowball and he just picks up people mm-hmm. from people who aren't strong at all to the strongest characters. They all respect him right. and love him because of that. So it's that kind of like, and that's, and, and you kind of grow to love him too as a, as a, as a reader. So mm-hmm. let's, before we kind of, kind of wrap things up, let's talk about the, the wax, wax fruit compared to everything else. Yep. On a scale of one to 10, you know, point, point fruits. Knowing that you'd lose the ability to swim, how would you rate the Doro Doro no Mi, also known as the Wax Wax? Right? I mean, it was gross, but he was pretty powerful. Right. It depends on who 
it depends on how you use it, right? It's like I feel like the yeah, bomb bomb. But I mean, be really the, good. imagine anyone who went to attack you. If you were quick enough, you could bind their hands mm-hmm. with with wax that they were unable to break out from. That's right. pretty powerful. So you, what, what would you score it? How many point point fruits would you give it? I give it an eight. Eight point point fruits. Okay. I would say too, I'd say for me, versatility is the game. doesn't really matter what it is. It's just as long as I have many functions for it mm-hmm. because you never know. Cause I want, if I'm going to be in this world in which everything's violent and like you're, I could die at any moment, like I'd want to have the most tools in my toolbox. And I feel like the wax wax fruit mm-hmm. pulls that off. Oh. So I would, I wouldn't mind it, but I wouldn't look like a, like a complete weirdo. Like, like Mr. Three is in the process. Right. But what, what, okay. Some of this, would it change your score if you had to look like Mr. Three all the time to do it? <laughs> it might be a six. <laughs> So uh, I think, you know, there's, we're not going to, basically at the same time, we're not going to give you a question of how would you write One Piece because One Piece, you have to watch it. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care. Like, no matter how bad the arc is, I give it a 10. It's like the top show of all time. One of the best shows created mm-hmm. in, this, in this thing, and it's been around forever. But in the arc of your watching of it, in terms of your interest in One Piece, where are you? Because in the beginning, a lot happens, but it's not as interesting as it is now. Like, there's more stakes. The world makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the character development's more there. Their bond as a, as a crew is better. Are you getting why people like One Piece as much? And, and do, you like, do you feel like you'd want to follow the story now that you've seen where it's going? Oh, gone? absolutely. Like I said, once, once you finish Arlong Park, if you've hung on long enough, you should be on board. And it's going to take you on wild turns. And, it, and it's, it, the show will inevitably... And we, I haven't gotten there, but I know it's out there. So right. I feel confident in saying the show will ultimately falter in its efforts to always outdo itself with mm-hmm. something, a bigger baddie, a stronger right. power. This one suffers from power ramp just like every other anime. That's right, ever. right. But, but outside of that, I think the reason why there's a thousand episodes of it is because it has heart. Yeah, it's got yeah. a lot of heart. It's got heart for days. I would say of all the big three, yep. it's got such good heart that as like a singular reader reading individually, it makes you feel a lot of things over time and it takes mm-hmm. you really on a ride throughout it. And it's silly, but also serious. But then silly again. It always swings you in such a way that you're never bored in that way. And right. I, I give it credit because if you think about it, we just talked through a a fist fight with a whale followed by a massive fight with, with bounty hunters followed by a candle man and a man who flicks his boogers and a, and a duck and all that stuff. We explained all this, and that's like, in the course of anime, I would say, what, 12 episodes? Yeah. So One Piece moves fast, and it's going to keep going at this speed, but then it kind of slows down with Alabasta arc, but still, it keeps moving, and it has such good cliffhangers and movements to it that you did never get bored. However, but one thing I will say before we move on to the, we, the, um, the, the, the kind of closer of this is, are you getting the time space on when One Piece is not a recap? <laughs> Because you always would, you'd be like, Kyle, you'd be genius at like fast forwarding the episodes and then like finding where the, where mm-hmm. the beginning of the episode starts. Are you getting that like one piece episodes themselves are only like legit 17, 18 minutes long when they take away the recap and get rid of the theme songs and the like coming next week stuff. It literally is only like 17 minutes long, this show. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I guess I didn't pick up on that yet because I watched everything completely. Yeah. And I wonder if, I wonder if Netflix was skipping me ahead past I would always hit skip intro and I wonder if that would skip me past the rehash. Yeah. And then the final thing I'm going to ask, because we always do this is um, one piece has a new, um, 
a new theme song every new season. So uh, okay. what did you think of the second opening that came out, which I believe was... Uh, uh, to remind me, why don't you play it right? All right. Yeah. I'm going to pause. It was a little more upbeat, a little yeah. more uh, discotheque rocky. Um, I, I don't know, maybe if the uh, BGs were on speed. I, I'm... <laughs> it's it's the most it's one of the more forgettable ones. I think there's a few that I really like. The We Are is of course the most ubiquitous one, but I this one is really forgettable. So, mm-hmm. um, I think for us, I think what I want, I'm looking forward to the Alabasta arc because it'll really solidify the start to solidify the crew at that point and get a more sense of it. It's a very exciting one, a lot of twists and turns. It's a very long arc, so it's a long one though, man. So I'm, I'm going to be putting you on it, but we don't have to worry about it for another 30 episodes, Garrett. You got to get there. So, <laughs> so, uh, so you're not yet sick of one piece. You're kind of getting it. This is kind of the point. So I'm glad that you got a little chance right. to do it. So any final thoughts before, um, I give the close. Uh, beware all women named after a day of the week. Luckily, <laughs> yeah, that my, one. luckily my wife was not named like, you know, miss Saturday night or something like that. <laughs> For All right, so <laughs> so as we're about to close this this chapter, this important small short but important chapter of the One Piece uh, saga, it's always important to hear your thoughts. Where are you in One Piece? How far have you gotten? Is this one you still remember fondly? Are you uh, thirsting for a uh, an, uh, a resolution to the Laboon arc? Are you really excited or or nostalgic for Mister Three? Let us know in the comments below because we really want to continue the conversation, especially for an important show like One Piece. On our instant, uh, on our uh, social media, you can find us on Instagram at Wamo Podcast, W A N U A Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Weave underscore Noob, and also you can find us on Anchor.fm slash Wamo Podcast, as well as everywhere your podcast is found. However, we want you to give us a five, five, five star review if you can. That'll allow more people to see us and it'll really help us out as a show. Thank you in advance. But before we close, and I know you've already said some of it, please, Garrett, what are your final thoughts on One Piece? Uh. The deeper you go, the more layers you peel, uh, the sweeter the onion is. I yeah. mean, there's just a, there's a lot to unwrap here, and it continues to to give you more and more. You know, Absolutely. and here we are. I think uh, the the beginning of the Alabasta arc is like 70 episodes in, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's all good stuff. You know, yeah, it's never boring. So we're going to be feel like you've just started to scrape the surface. Exactly, and you knowing how much farther you have, it's still really cool. So. Uh, we're going to be making our candle cakes. We're going to be riding our ducks, uh, giving ourselves our... <laughs> all in all, to wish you all fantastic. See you next week. Take care, y'all.